Welcome to Trends and Tensions, presented by BHDP, where we discuss trends in architectural and interior design and the competing priorities or tensions that arise from integrating new ideas into existing organizations, enterprises, and institutions. On today's podcast, the president of Messer Construction, Tim Stegerwald, is joined by BHDP's workplace design leader, Tom Ahrens, and client leader, Barry Baer, to talk about the design and construction of the Messer Corporate Headquarters in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you enjoy what you hear, we encourage you to rate, subscribe, and give us a review. We also invite your suggestions of other architectural and interior design-related topics. I'm your host, Brian Trainer, a workplace strategist for BHDP. Let's get started. We're talking specifically about the Messer Construction headquarters right here in Cincinnati, Ohio. For those listening, it's at 643 West Court Street, right in Cincinnati. Um, relatively new project. When did the project open? What was completion date? We moved in in September of 2017. Very good. So welcome, Tim. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I think I, I was reading, thanks to Mike's help, our producer a little bit ahead of time. You've been there since before you graduated from college. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. So very, how do you, we're very strong advocates of cooperative engineering and internships, and I, that's where I started with the company in 1984. Wow. So you can go from co-op to president takes a long time yes (laughs) so the project this is our very first project specific podcast so this is kind of interesting so some metrics about it it was a fifty thousand square foot new construction project correct and that originally started as a vision for uh, an addition and a renovation Mm -hmm. but then we opted to not so i guess my first question is what made you decide you needed a new building Well, we were becoming decentralized with our corporate support services. The most notable group was our IT group had moved out of the building, moved across the street from our old office into a rental space. And in addition to them being outside the building, we also just had a growing group of corporate support services, new departments, new service lines that we were offering to our customers. And so we needed more space. We investigated the option of expanding where we were, which was a relatively inefficient way to grow the the footprint of the building because we had to add on all sides given the site constraints. And that was a very expensive option. So we began looking for property to build a new building. So had you selected the property prior to selecting your architect? Or like how much of that was sent to your construction company? This is what you do for a living. How much had you pre-decided, I guess? (laughs) Well, so we have done a lot of corporate office work with BHDP, number one. And number two, BHDP is our most collaborative design partner. When we get into design, build, delivery, uh, we have a longstanding tradition of partnering with BHDP with very successful results. So we naturally went to them when we started looking at expanding the old existing building. And so that's where we started. And I'd probably add to that, Brian, that um, we had worked with Messer on that, their original building that they were in. We had done the work on that and the programming for that building. And we had done studies through the years on looking at how to expand that building and and different aspects on that building. So it was kind of a a, a collaboration that had already started many, many years ago. So when Tim called and asked Mike Hable about bringing somebody on. Then I then I went myself to talk to Tim about it, 
and we just kind of move forward from that point. Um, well, I guess my next question then, and what was your, when you went to decide who your architect was going to be, because you probably have a, a pretty deep bench to use a sports analogy, but what was your selection process? Well, there really wasn't much of a process. As Barry said, we knew BHDP's capability. We had this long-standing tradition of doing corporate office work and other work with BHDP. And so it was natural for us to contact Barry and say, we'd like to get started on planning our office expansion. Once we proved that that wasn't an efficient way to go, we began a site selection process. And then once we locked in on a site, kind of moved to starting to plan a new building construction with BHDP. Fantastic. Well, then I guess I heard you say design build before. Was that the preferred delivery method for this project? And if somebody isn't an architect listening, what is design build? Design build is a collaboration where, from the owner's perspective, the contractor and the designer form a single team, sign a single contract. Typically, it's the designer underneath the contractor, and then the contractor signs a design build agreement with the building owner. And we're a single source for delivering the project. What other benefits are there to, to choosing that? Uh, the real benefits of design build is an efficient building at the end of the day, uh, you have the designer and contractor working much more collaboratively in choosing materials, choosing building frame type, uh, making sure that the owner's needs are met in the most efficient way. So, Tom, where did you come into this process? Um, like, how early on were you engaged from a design perspective? Uh, I was involved pretty much um, early on from the start, kind of uh, looking at some of those studies on the existing building to see if we could. Um, convert that and add on to that to make it work for the goals and the needs for Messer. Um, once they recognized that they wanted to move offsite and look for a new location, I was very heavily involved in the due diligence on, on multiple sites around Cincinnati. Um, and then once we kind of dialed in on the preferred site uh, downtown, I was involved quite heavily with the design and uh, worked along with Barry and Tim in a collaborative setting to help uh, deliver the design and execution of the project. And I, I think, Tim, you should talk a little bit about the site. It was an interesting site because it was a brownfield site, and it really was you kind of put property together and work with the city. So I think that's an interesting point to make. We did. We had a strong bias towards staying in the city of Cincinnati and looked for about 18 months to find a property wow. that would work for us. And ultimately we went and knocked on a door. We found an old site with a series of buildings that had been built over about a 30-year period. I think the oldest building was 80 years old. And it had been converted into kind of an eclectic mix, warehouse space. It was a service center for AAA for their downtown um, distribution or, or um, dispatch for car service. And the building owner had only owned the building since 2008. So we went to the, the building owner, knocked on the door and said, hey, would you be interested in selling? And he said, no. <laughs> and a few days later, he called back and said, sure, I'll talk to you about selling my property. Did it take him a couple of days to figure out who you were? Is that what? <laughs> I, I think it was just, you know, when you, somebody comes up and says, hey, do you want to sell your house? You have to think about it a little yeah, bit, that's right? True. Yeah. So I think that's the process. But we then combined that site with the city of Cincinnati's fleet vehicle parking lot. And collectively, we assembled about five acres 
right on the edge of the central business district. Right. And it was a real coup for us to be able to assemble that kind of a site. I drive uh, Interstate 75 to work every morning, and I see that building from the freeway. And it was interesting because I tried to do a Google um, street view of the site. And I guess it's not updated because it still shows the old buildings in place. But I'm like, I know that's not there because I see Messer every time I come in. Um, I have a vision statement here. It says, uh, Project Vision, Messer's priorities clarify a strategic vision for delivering workplace transformation. And then it says, create a lean, productive office environment that instills pride, reflects our heritage and reputation, encourages collaboration, allows for anticipated growth, and enables us to best fulfill our mission. How did you come to this statement? It's actually a service that BHDP brought to us. Patrick Donnelly led the visioning process we created the design principles by which we would, you know, kind of identify the project scope and the building design. And it was really driven by Messer's culture. A lot of the elements you decided are all about who we are. We're a lean company. Uh, we wanted to have a collaborative environment. We wanted a lot of daylight. We wanted it to be an engaging space. And maybe most importantly, we wanted the building to be branded. Um, speaking to what Messer does and who we are as an organization. Very good. So I see you said design principles, and I have those two. You know, engaging, efficient, collaborative, branded, employer of choice, and best value. Employer of choice. Is, so how important was it that the design of the building um, either attract or was attraction and retention a driving factor in the design? A huge issue. Yeah. Yep. Our old space um, was a repurposed data center, and so it never had a lot of daylight, so that was goal one. But we also wanted it to be a modern office space with more collaboration, more breakout areas in the building for people to kind of get away from their desk and work together as groups or project teams. And absolutely, it's an employee-owned company. Being the employer of choice is a very big deal for us. Sure. Well, so, Tom, I guess to you, on these design principles, how do you um, approach those from a design perspective? Well, I, I think just quickly before I get into that, I, I do want to say, you know, the idea of coming up with a vision for the project and, and some design drivers, um, you know, Tim and his executive group were very um, involved and, and heavily um, participated in that effort, really taking the time to set the tone of the project, really to get everybody on the same page. So everybody was driving towards the same, um, you know, the same measures. So it was really valuable to take the time to do that and really provided a guiding light for us as we drove forward in the project. Um, and then what we do is once we have those design principles, really starting to think about the design and leveraging um, design decisions that really rely and, and touch back on those um, design principles in general. That's kind of our approach and um, it seemed to be successful here. Yeah, and we have a design process here at, at BHDP. I know we have a, a wheel, and I heard you say vision session with Patrick Donnelly earlier, you know, that we have an understand and discover phase. Like, this, did this project touch all of it, um, like all stages of the design wheel? Are we still in measure and share, or what have we learned? I, I don't know. I, there, there was a lot of time spent up front with understand and discover, really sitting down with, with Tim and his team, to really truly understand what was driving the project, um, kind of him kind of explaining the business case, 
and really spending um, quality effort to really define what was going to make this project and allow it to be successful when it was completed. And what we like doing is taking those principles after the fact and going back and measuring uh, against them to see how successful the project was. And some of that's been done. Some of that measure and share has been done. I know that, Tim, you guys did some survey work after the fact people moved in um, to talk to them and understand if they were pleased with the space and, and what were the pros and cons with the, the environment that they moved into. Was right. It? So using these design principles, since you're here, we can do kind of an organic measure and share. Um, how well is the space accomplishing these goals of engaging, efficient, collaborative, branded, employer of choice, and best value? I think very well on all counts. Um, the, as I said, more daylight is a big issue for our employees. More collaboration seats. I think we went from a ratio of about uh, 0.8 collaboration seats for every employee in the building to one and a half collaboration seats for every employee in the building, which was a huge improvement. More conference space, more huddle rooms. Uh, it's, it's really just been remarkable how our people use the space in multiple ways, and it allows them to have a flexible work day at the office. Sure. I think in the previous building, Tim, the project was very compartmentalized. There was like a group sat over here in this area and a group sat in this area and there was circulation and hard wall elements between those groups and what we did in the design is we create a very flexible plan that's a rectilinear plan which has the right amount of collaboration kind of space between but now groups can <coughs> flow and, and kind of free flow between zones of openness in the in the plan which it wasn't accomplished last in the in the previous building so I think that adds tremendous to the collaboration would you say Tim? People it, can see people. It did, <laughs> yes. And um, one of the other big changes we made that I think is, speaks to our culture is everyone moved into open office, which was a bit of a challenge for some of our older executives and people who had graduated into a closed office over the years. And we asked all of them to move back into an open office environment. And as an employee-owned company, we're very transparent. Everybody shares everything about how the company is doing. So the benefit of having myself all the way down to the newest employee in the company being in, in essentially the same type of office space every day speak to we're all in it together and pulling in the same direction. So you, so you don't have an office with our door? Or how, what is I, I do not. Really? You yes. sit out in the open like, uh, like we do then? Absolutely. And that's, how long, did it take you a long time to get used to that, or? Um, I think a little while for some of us, but we use technology to our advantage. Mm -hmm. You know, wireless headsets was one of the big additions where you can actually carry a, a phone call from your desk into a conference room and close the door. If in fact you've got a personal call or you're on a conference call where you're talking about a business issue. Um, so we use technology to kind of complement it, but people have adjusted well, and I hear zero complaints about the open office environment. And I think, too, in the planning, Brian, when we did that, you know, we, we did a, a good balance of the collaboration space adjacent to the senior leadership and, and Tim himself, you know, so they can jump into a huddle space to have a private conversation either on the phone or with an employee or however it is. They, they do have a space that's very close, very similar to some of the other project styles that we've done with, with sure. leadership. 
But yeah. those small huddle rooms exist all over the building. So any employee, whether it's you're taking a call with a issue at home with the kids or your doctor's calling or the car mechanic or whatever, you can take that call into a huddle room and, and have a private conversation whenever you need to. So has the culture, you know, you say culture is a big driver uh, for Messer. Has it changed at all um, based on the new work style? Um, is there more, do you see a lot of speed to delivery? Or what, what's changed within the culture based on this change? Uh, I, th- I don't know that it's changed culture. I think it has reinforced the culture of the organization. Certainly it is more uplifting for people to come to work every day sure. because the space is bright and clean. And, and maybe the, the biggest way culture's been impacted is the branding elements in the building. Uh, so much of, of the design of the building speaks to what we do. Sure. From the concrete reception desk to the exposed concrete frame to the hanging gang forms as a wood ceiling element in the building and the hanging concrete bucket at the staircase in the building. All of those things speak to who we are as a self-performing general contractor and construction manager. Yeah, I think an interesting aspect of that, Brian, was that when uh, Tom Kekka said to Tom Aarons and myself, um, we pour concrete every day. Yeah. <laughs> so when he said that, we took that to heart, and that meant to us that, hey, we're going to do a concrete frame building, okay? Um, So we basically have two volumes of concrete. Then between those volumes, we have a structural steel entry location that kind of ties that concrete together. So we kind of used all those aspects of, you know, we we pour concrete every day and really took it to heart and made that a key brand. So it's more than just branding on the wall. That place is branded all the way through from the original design concept of when we started all the way through the whole entire project. See, that was one of my questions. Um, since you are a construction company, how much of what you do influenced the final design? And it sounds like quite a bit. And did you, was there a point though um, where it felt like it was being pushed too far and it started to feel kitschy or was it just the right amount about, like how did that construction piece influence what you did? Was it freeing was it fun you know what i mean constrictive well i don't think it was limiting in any aspect Um, i think we found a good balance of what made sense and you know always had a good conversation around ideas you know everybody was free to share their thoughts and their ideas put them on the table kick them around and you know let's see what we wanted to move forward with Um, i don't think we ever approached the level of kitschiness Um, you know we've used some other traditional materials on the building for instance but I think just finding the right balance and reinforcing that message of who Messer is and what they do um, really just became a theme that we wanted to showcase where, where it best made sense. Thank you for joining Trends and Tensions, presented by BHDP, for part one of our conversation with Messer Construction's president, Tim Stegerwald, regarding the construction of their headquarters building in Cincinnati, Ohio. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, subscribe, and give us a review. We hope you will join us for part two as we conclude this constructive conversation on the next episode of Trends and Tensions.